our, our series that we're in, we, we've been, for the past three Sundays, and this will be the fourth, we've been doing a, 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 just a, a Christmas series called A Prophetic Voice at Christmas. And we've been, we've been listening for God to speak. Uh, one of the things that, that I am committed to and truly believe that God is still speaking to His children. He has spoken to us through His Word, okay? And this is where, this is where primarily He speaks to us. But He also speaks to us through the Holy Spirit. And, and he talks to us. He, he's still giving directions, I believe. I still believe that he's, he's still giving in, uh, direction. Uh, he, he still speaks to present situations. And, and he also speaks to future circumstances. Okay? He, he's still speaking. Nothing has changed from the first century when it comes to, to us as people and our needs. Okay? Nothing's changed. We still have the, the same needs that, that the people on this earth had that, that very first Christmas night. We need a Savior. We really do. And so God is still speaking. And one of the things that, that I don't ever want to do is I don't ever want to get to that point where when I read the Christmas story, it, it, it's just mouthing words. You understand what I'm saying? Have you ever read something and you realized about 10 minutes into it, you don't have a clue what you were reading, you were just reading? I think it happens to all of us. And as a pastor, I don't ever want to stand and teach something that uh, for me is old. I don't do redos very often. I rarely, rarely, rarely preach something twice. I just, it's hard for me to do that. Uh, I, I want God to speak to me fresh. And so when he speaks to me fresh, I'm, you may not catch what he's saying, but at least I know he's, he's trying to speak through me. And so I like things that are fresh. And, and although the Christmas story is 2,000 years old, it's an ancient narrative. It still speaks just as loudly today as it spoke on that first Christmas night. And so I want to ask you this morning, what does the Holy Spirit want to say to you this morning? What does he want to say to you? That might be a question that every person in this room just needs to ask. Holy Spirit, what do you want to say to me this morning? And then I want to ask you a question, okay? Are you listening? Are you listening? Don't ask that question unless you're willing to listen. Because if you ask that question, He will speak, okay? He will speak to you this morning. Over the past three Sundays, we we have listened to as God spoke to people. And he, he spoke to people in Scripture, specifically the, the three individuals that he spoke to. He spoke to, to Joseph, he spoke to Mary, and last week we talked about a group of shepherds who were not named, but he spoke to them through, a, through an angelic messenger. And very often God speaks that way. We find that over and over in the Bible. He used these angels to relay messages that would not only change their lives and the lives of the people of their day, but continues to change lives. And, and should the Lord tarry, it will continue to change lives. And so today, I want, I want you to hear God speak through somebody else. It's, it's interesting. The Christmas story is not just one night. You, you do realize that, don't you? It, it took place over a period of time. Everything we've talked about uh, the last few Sunday mornings took place on that night. But there are other things that took place later. And we're going to look at one of those today. I don't, I, 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 listen, when I put out my little nativity scene, I've got the camels 
and I've got the wise men. But the reality of it is they weren't there that first Christmas night. It was a, a few months before they got there. Maybe even up to 18 months, two years. And so the Christmas story is a little bit wider sometimes than we think. And I want us to look at an individual today, an, an old man, and I want us to, to see how God spoke through him. And so what I want you to hear this morning is that God can speak through more than just angels. He can speak through people, okay? Now, I know that makes some of you uncomfortable, okay? I understand that. I was raised in that same tradition. But what I've come to learn, and as I've studied Scripture, I've found that God still uses other men and women to speak what He wants to say. He uses their voice. He uses them as vehicles that He can speak to us in what He wants to share. And so this morning, Struggled with the things, the same things that we struggled with. But what I want you to understand is God still speaks through prophetic people. He still speaks to people and gives them permission to share what He speaks. The word prophesy simply means to hear what God is saying and to speak it word for word. And so this morning we're going to look at, at a man that, uh, who, who did that. He heard from God. He believed what he had heard, and he began to look for the answer to the promise. He began to look for the the thing that God had promised. And too often we brush people aside like that. I want you to think about this. Do you know somebody that from time to time they'll say something like, you know what, God told me to share this with you, or or, I heard God say this. You, you You know anybody like that? Now some of you might not. Okay, but but some of you probably do. And you know what? Sometimes we don't put a lot of credibility in those people. I want to tell you something. God speaks to people. And God always, this is scripture right here. He always shares what he's about to do through his prophetic people. He never does it secretly. He always shares it. And then it's up to them to share it with others. And it's up to us to listen. And so this morning we're going to look at someone like that. We're going to look at at a man that that most people probably just kind of brushed him off. They looked at him and thought, you know what? He's nuts. But you know what? This man was faithful to what God spoke to him. And God was faithful to him. Sometimes when we don't listen to what God's saying to somebody else, we miss what God may be saying to us. So I want to set the context of where we're going to go this morning. We're going to be in Luke chapter 2, and if you want to go ahead and be turning there, we're going to start in verse 21, and in a few minutes I'll read this, this whole passage. But I want to set the context of what we're about to read. Jesus has been born, okay? At this point in Luke chapter 2, verse 21, it's, it's eight days later, okay? And on that eighth day in the, in, the, in the Jewish society, there were certain things that had to take place. Now, Jesus had been born. He had been seen by some shepherds. And now, according to the law, the Mosaic law, his parents gave him his name. And they had him circumcised. That took place in every Jewish little boy's life on the eighth day. And if they had a little girl, it, it the same. They named that, that little girl on that eighth day. That's when they did. That was a part of, the, of their culture. That was a part of the Mosaic law. We find that in, in Luke chapter uh, 2, verse 
2, verse 21, it says, And when eight days had passed before his circumcision, his name was then called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. In other words, his father and his mother obeyed God. They obeyed the message that they had heard from the angel, and they obeyed the, the covenant under which they lived. They did what they were supposed to do. Now, the interesting thing is, is that between t- verse 21 and verse 22, 33 days pass. Okay, we read this and we think, oh man, they did this and they did this and they did this, but they didn't. There was a, there was a gap of about 33 days. And, and last week I mentioned this, but whenever a Jewish lady gave birth, she was considered ceremonially unclean. If she had a little boy, it was 40 days. And if she had a little girl, it was almost double. It was, it, was, it was a little bit longer. And so she could not go to the temple. She could not go out in public. She could, it, it, it was just, I don't understand all of it. Don't have time to explain it this morning. That's just the way it was, okay? And so, and they, they abided by that law. And so what happens on day 33 they have to go. She has to go. The purific- she had to go and she had to do certain things to take care of the purification. And, and so what happens is at the conclusion of that time, they would go up to the temple. And that's where Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus went. They go up to the temple mount. They go to offer their sacrifice. Mary goes to, to offer a sacrifice. And, and uh, uh, the, the, the covenant called for a lamb. Or if you were too poor for a lamb, then you had to offer two doves or two young pigeons. And so we read here in, in verse 22, and we'll, we'll read this in just a few minutes, that they brought uh, two young pigeons. Obviously, Mary and Joseph were not well off, okay? They couldn't afford to buy one of the lambs that came from Bethlehem. And so they offered that, that pigeon, they offered those young pigeons. She's also required to present her firstborn son to the Lord. Now you say, well, why does she have to do that? Because when, in the, in the, if you remember back in the Exodus, you remember the Passover night, God took the firstborn of, uh, of Egypt in place of the firstborn of Israel. And the firstborn of Israel, animal, and, and, and human became his automatically. And so whenever a child was born, whenever that first child was born, whether it was a son or a daughter, whether it, or, or your, your flock had the firstborn, they were always given back. They were dedicated to the Lord Jesus. I mean, uh, to, the, to, to God. And so that's what, that's what Joseph and that's what Mary are doing here. They're fulfilling their part of the covenant. They're doing what God has already said. It, it, don't miss this, okay? They're obeying. They're obeying. They're fulfilling their responsibilities. And they're, doing, they're obeying, really what they're doing is they're obeying God's prophetic voice of the past. What God's already said. Now here's just a thought, okay? This is a freebie. If you and I would obey what God's already said, life would be a lot easier, wouldn't it? We don't need him necessarily to say anything new. If, if, if we just did what he's already said, we'd be a lot better off saying it would be smooth without problems because it wouldn't be. But I know this, our day-to-day walk would go far smoother. And, and I know that, yes, we live under grace, but God didn't stutter, folks, when he spoke through the prophets in the Old Testament. There are several things in the Old Testament that Jesus Christ has fulfilled. 
All right? But there are a lot of other things in the Old Testament that if we would just simply obey, life would be a lot easier. What if we refused to gripe? Oh, man, that would take away about 75% of what I do, wouldn't it? What if we refused to gossip? What if we refused to, I don't know, to maybe give people, this is the season of giving people a piece of your mind. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? How many of you drive? How many of you been in a parking lot lately? How many of you have had to race somebody to the parking lot and then you got, I mean, to the place and then you got cut off and you just kind of give them a piece of your mind? What, what if we refuse to do that? What if, what if we refuse to lie or to lust or, or to long for things that we know we don't need? You know what? Life would be a lot easier for us, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? Y'all getting awful quiet on me now. We're just barely getting started here, Okay. We hadn't even got to the story. What what I want you to understand is Joseph and Mary were simply doing what they were supposed to be doing. What they'd already heard God say. They'd, They'd brought their son and they were dedicating him back to the Lord. And Mary was offering up her sacrifice. And at that point, she would become ceremonially un- uh, clean again. Well, let's, let's, just, let's just read. Let's start in verse 22 of chapter 2. And, and we'll just read this. And when the days for their purification according to the law of Moses were completed, they brought him, they brought Jesus, to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the, of the Lord, every firstborn male that opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. Now, remember, Mary and Joseph were in Bethlehem. Now they've come to Jerusalem five, six, seven miles away. They brought their child up to, up to the temple mount. And they were there to offer a sacrifice according to what was said in the law of the Lord. A pair of turtle doves or young pigeons. And then all of a sudden something happens. And there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was righteous and devout, looking for the consolation of Israel. He's looking for the Messiah. That's what that means, looking for the hope of Israel. He's looking for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ, the Lord's Messiah. And he came in in the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child, Jesus, to carry out for him the custom of the law, then he took him in his arms and he blessed God and he said, I want you to listen to what he says. Now, Lord, you are releasing your servant, your bondservant, to depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light of revelation to the Gentiles, and the glory of your people Israel. And his father and his mother were amazed at the things which were being said about him. And Simon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and the rise of many in Israel, and for a sign to be opposed. And a sword shall pierce even your own soul to the end that the thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. And we're going to stop right there. Uh, what happens next is, a, is a, a, another lady, and, and this lady was very likely 106 or so years old. She becomes up, and, and she begins to tell it. She knows who the baby is. 
the Holy Spirit's let her know, and she begins to, to prophesy to the, everybody on the temple mat. But we just want today, we want to look at, at Simeon, and we want to look at his message. I believe God's sovereign, okay? I believe that, that nothing takes place in his, in his plan that he does not allow. And in and, and the sovereignty of God, as this young couple, as Mary and Joseph were bringing their little boy to that temple mount, to fulfill the tenets of the law, to fulfill the, 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 the things of their faith, there was another disciple of God who was, who was following the voice of the Holy Spirit. I want you to, I want you to see what's happening here. Here's, here's one couple doing what they're supposed to do. Here's another, another old man doing what he's supposed to do. And you know what happens? They run headlong into each other. You think that was luck? You think that was an accident? I don't believe in accidents, and I don't believe in luck, okay? I believe in God. I mean, there were tons of people on that Temple Mount, okay? Every day, there were lots of people there. And all of a sudden, these two, these, these two, these two groups come in, in contact with each other. Their paths intersect, and they, they collide. And what takes place is, is really a cosmic collision. There's a, a divine appointment. You ever had a divine appointment? Well, one takes place that day on the temple man. And all of a sudden, those prophetic promises of God collide. And there's a new word, a new prophetic word from God spoken. It all takes place in just a moment or two. I don't want you to miss this because their, their, their encounter is not accidental. It, it, it's the sovereign work of God. God's moving pieces of the puzzle into place. And, and what's happened in, in, this, in this instant, and literally what's happening every day in our lives, is His prophetic word is being fulfilled at the same time. His prophetic word is also giving direction and encouragement and information for our future. You know what? Sometimes God gives us promises that are not fulfilled immediately. Any of y'all have any promises that you're holding on to that God's given you? You don't have to raise your hand. I can see you nodding your head. Some of you, he spoke those promises years ago. And they've not yet come to fruition. And during that time of, of waiting, you know what? You have to hold on to them. There are things that, that, that God gives us that don't happen immediately. God's given me some promises. And he told me if I'd just be patient, I would see those things take place. You know what? I hold those things right here. And I ask, when? When, God? When? 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 I, I, on a regular basis, when, when, when things are not going well for me, I really go, when, God? When? 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 I, I hold them close. I don't, I don't just let them go. And when anybody gives me a prophetic word... I ask them to write it down, and I put it in a folder, and I keep that folder close to where I spend a lot of time, and I get that folder out from time to time, and I just read them, and I pray over them, and I go, okay, God, when, when, when? That's what, that's the position that Simeon was in. 
That's the position he is, was in. And some of you have promises that God gave you years ago, but they haven't come to fulfillment. Maybe those promises uh, or words have to do something about your spouse or your children or, or your future. I want, you to, I want to encourage you this morning. Hold on to the word that God has given you. If he's given you a promise out of Scripture, hold on to it. If he's given you a promise through somebody else, through, through maybe you were praying and, and you, just, you, you, you sense God speaking, Hold on to that. Don't let it go. At some time, at some point in the past, God had spoken a word to Simeon. And he had, he had done it. We're not told exactly how it took place, if it came from another individual. All we know is that the word came through the Holy Spirit to Simeon. And I want you to look at, at verse 25 and 26. It says, And behold, there was a man whose name was Simeon. And his, this man was righteous and devout, looking for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord Christ's, the Lord's Christ. Those are awesome. We could spend months looking at this, at the description. But I want to ask you this. You've heard me say this several times. Names in Scripture are not there just because somebody hung it on that child. Okay? Names were important to the Jewish people. They named people to describe sometimes the, the, the situation that that child was born into. Sometimes it was a prophetic name of what might take place down the road. You know what Simeon means? It means to hear. To hear. To hear. God spoke to a guy who was listening. Simeon, listen to me. I mean, that, that, hear me. Hear what I'm saying. He, he, he spoke to a man who was listening, and, he, and the man heard the message he was speaking. Simeon heard God's word, and he took ownership of it. He took hold of it. He, he just grabbed hold of it. And he put it close to his heart. Scripture calls him a righteous and devout man. Now that's pretty high praise when, when God says that about somebody. Well, what does that mean? What, what does righteous and devout? It just means that Simeon lived a just and an upright life. Okay? He lived a good life. He was, he was a good man. And he also lived a, a life that was very conscientious about practicing his faith. In other words, he went after God. That's what, that's what that passage is trying to say. He was just and he was devout. He was, he was going after God. Simeon was intent on walking closely with God. And he had a relationship with God. When most of the people around him were practicing religion. That day, he was in a place where they practiced religion. But there were a few people on that temple mount, who were practicing relationship. You see, God gave them all those rules and all those, those instructions because they were slaves coming out of Egypt. They didn't know anything. All they knew is what they had seen for 430 years. And most of what they had seen practiced in Egypt was wrong. And so God gave them instructions to teach them what a relationship was with him was like. And what had happened is, is that that relationship aspect had been lost. And it had become a religious thing. If we do this, we do this, we do this, then we're okay with God. And guess what? They weren't okay with God. 
God had been sending his prophets for hundreds of years until finally he sends his son to speak to them. But Simeon was different. He had a relationship with God. Simeon was also looking intently for the Messiah. And he was looking for the Messianic age that the Messiah would bring with him. Most of the Jews in Israel at that, in that day were looking for a Messiah. But most of them were looking for one who came on a horse. A warrior king who would deliver them from the Romans. That was not exactly what Simeon was looking for. Simeon was looking for, for the real deal. He, he, he was part of that believing remnant in Judaism. And the Holy Spirit was on him that day. Which means he was surrendered and he was submitted to the Spirit. And the Spirit was, was leading him. He was guiding him. And so Simeon was walking with the Lord moment by moment. He had ears to hear what the Spirit of God was saying. And so as Simeon came to the Temple Mount that day, as he was walking in the Spirit, he, he, he had that promise. And I want you to listen to what the promise is. In, in verse 25, the latter part says, He would not see death until he had seen the Lord's Christ. In other words, he wasn't going to die until he saw the Messiah. Wow, what a promise. What a promise. Now the Bible is is kind of silent as to when that took place in his life. But it's clear that he had treasured that promise. I don't know if he came to the Temple Mount every day. I I don't know. I kind of think maybe he did. I think he went every day. Because he had that promise. He believed that promise. But at, the very, at that very moment, the Holy Spirit was engineering that collision between the promise and the provision. In other words, God had given uh, Simeon that promise that he would see the Messiah. And here comes Mary and Joseph. And they're carrying Jesus in their arms. It's the fulfillment. And it's going to take place right there on the Temple Mount. The Bible doesn't say this, but I, I believe this. I believe Simeon was an old man, okay? I believe he had outlived most of his friends, most of the people he had grown up with. I want you to pay attention to the manner in which it says Simeon came to the Temple Mount that day. Verse 27 says, and he came in the Spirit. He came prepared to meet God. I want to ask you this morning, did you come prepared to meet God? I know we came and we fellowshiped and we came to eat and man, we all enjoyed it. Amen. This is a chance for you to go, amen. 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 It was good. Okay. It was really good. Okay. But we also came today to meet God. That's really the reason we came. Did you come expecting him to speak to you this morning or to do something in your life? Did you come in the spirit? By what I mean in the spirit, did you come because you feel like you have to be here? That this is the right thing to do, the religious thing to do? Or did you come to receive what God has for you? See, there's a difference. There's a difference. You get what you come for. Okay. I, I hear people all the time, well, I don't get nothing out of church. That's because they, they don't bring anything to church. They don't come for anything. See, we get what we come for. If we go home empty, we came looking for nothing. If we come expecting, God always gives. 
There's a, there's a passage of scripture that I remind myself of very often in the Old Testament. God says, if you'll open your mouth, I'll fill it. Okay? Come with my mouth closed, I don't get anything. Now, if you came this morning and you kept your mouth closed, you missed some blessings, okay? Of the culinary kind. But God not only is not only wanting to give us, some of you missed that, didn't you? God not only wants to give us those kind of blessings, He wants to give us the other blessings, spiritual blessings. And so Simeon comes, he comes in the Spirit. He comes connected. He's listening. All, all his cylinders are plugged into God. He's alert. He's listening. He's looking. He's not going, well, uh, I wonder if today's the day I get to die or not. That's, that's not what he's doing. He's, he's like, where is he? Is he here today? I mean, he, he, was, he was alive, folks. Listen, it don't matter how old you get. If you're walking in the Spirit, you are alive. All right? You're more alive than you've ever been. Okay? And age has nothing to do with it. And so, he came overflowing with expectation. This may be the day. Now, if we all came to service, if we came to worship like that, I mean, we'd leave changed. Things would happen in our lives. And all of a sudden, here he was, face to face with the promise that God had given him. With the fleshed out fulfillment of what God had told him. And you know what? I don't know what he saw other than a baby, but I believe he saw a lot more. I think he saw the kingdom of God touching earth. This man understood what the Messiah was. Okay? He understood what it the, the teachings of the Messiah meant. He understood that God's kingdom was there. Okay? He understood that. He saw that. He understood that, that God was doing something new. He, he, he saw His promise fulfilled. But I believe He saw more than a baby. I, I believe He saw God's plan of salvation revealed as he looked at that baby I believe the Holy Spirit was working and I believe the Holy Spirit was rolling all those verses that he'd memorized that he had studied that that he had learned in his lifetime over and over they were just they were falling like open pages in his mind has that ever happened to you when all of a sudden you got something It, it doesn't have to be necessarily scriptural but all of a sudden something dawned on you that hey this is real and it just like boom 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 that that was what's taking place in this old man's life and Simeon gets so excited Decided that, that, that what he's heard about and what he studied about and, and what now he was looking at face and face, he just took the baby up in his arms. Now, we've got some, some young ones in here, okay? And I, 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 watch, I watch these daddies and, and these mamas when they bring that baby for the first time. They're guarded with them, okay? I, I I I don't know if I see Brett in here, but I, I watch I watch Brett and Brett Brett man he's protective of those little girls and and I, I watch Rick and and man he 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 gets he gets Everett in and Everett out and I, I've just watched it. I mean, parents are Hannah and Cody they're just protective of that of that newborn and so I can imagine Mary and Joseph. I mean here's a, here's an old guy with a beard probably down to here and he just all of a sudden he's got that baby in his arms. I mean, he, he's just, and he, he begins to, 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 I mean, he doesn't just take the, he has a Holy Spirit come apart, folks. 
I don't, we read this and, and we don't see any, any, any great emotion in it, but here's a guy who was dancing, okay? He, he is, he's spinning around and around and he's got the Messiah in his arms. He's excited and he begins to bless God and to praise God and, and he, he begins to sing. Uh, we miss this uh, very often in our reading, but he begins to sing and, and what he sings is a psalm. And a psalm is, is a song. It's a song that de- it declares that, that the Messiah has come. Now, if we, were, if we were Roman Catholics, we would have a specific name for this. In Latin, this little song that he sings is called the Nuntz Dimittis. And that's just Latin for now dismiss. In other words, uh, uh, Simeon begins to sing. He says, now, Lord, I can die. <laughs> <laughs> I can die and I'm fulfilled. I'm ready to go. Your promise has come true. In other words, Lord, and when, he, when he begins to sing there, he says, now, Lord, you can let your servant die in peace. And, and I, I want you to listen to this song as, as he sings it. Uh, his song starts out as, as, now, Lord, I've seen your promise fulfilled. But it turns and it becomes very prophetic. He begins to speak. In the spirit here. Listen to what he says in Luke chapter 20. I mean, verse, chapter 2, verse 29. I'm going to read verse 32. Now, Lord, thou dost let thy bondservant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation or your provision for salvation. In other words, what, what Simeon says there is, now, Lord, you can let me die. My eyes have rested on what you promised. You have kept your word. I'm ready to go home. One of the things in in being a a pastor is very often you get to spend a lot of time with people that are near death. And one of the things I've heard over, over and over and over is, you know what, pastor, I'm ready to go. I can't figure out why God is leaving me here. I'm ready to go. And that's what Simeon was saying. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. And so he begins to, to say, Now, Lord, you, you can let your bondservant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your provision for salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all people. Listen to what he says. A light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. Simon sees, Simeon sees more than a baby. Okay, he God that was slain before the foundation of the world. He sees the Messiah and everything that that meant. He sees uh, the, the Messiah that would set the, the, his people free from the bondage of sin. See, Simeon wasn't looking. He wasn't looking for a Messiah that would that would lift the oppressive government off of them, or or the bureaucratic religious system that that was about to smother them, or even the bondage of, of foreign power, the Roman power. Simeon saw a whole lot more than that. He saw in that moment Scripture fleshed out. Now. Perhaps in that moment he saw more. Maybe in that moment God let him see the miracles that the Messiah would do. The healings that the Messiah would do. Maybe he, he saw the destruction of Satan's kingdom in, in, a, in, a, in a split second. You know, maybe he saw the cross. He saw Jesus on the cross or, or at the whipping post where Jesus was flogged or, 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 or where Jesus, the, the, the last drop of blood dropped out of him. Maybe he saw them. But whatever he saw, it caused Simeon to praise God. And it caused him to speak a very prophetic, pointed word to Mary. 
It, it, was, a, it was a moment when everything got real quiet around this couple. I want you to listen to the prophetic word that he speaks to Mary in, in Luke chapter 2, verse 34 and 35. It says, And Simeon blessed them. And he said to Mary his mother, Behold this child. Look. Look. That's what he's saying. Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and the rise of many in Israel. And for a sign to be opposed. And a sword will pierce even your own soul to the end that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Now, what would you have thought if an old man, <laughs> I mean, you've just, you've just come to the temple to offer you a little sacrifice, to dedicate you. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a family day, don't get me wrong. But all of a sudden, this old gentleman that you don't know, is all of a sudden he, he's, he's speaking some very somber words to you. What would you have thought? You know what? The words that Simeon gives to Mary are just as relevant today as they were 2,000 years ago. This message, I think, is critical for some people in this room this morning. Because God has taken great care and He's shown great love and great extremes to get you here this morning so that He can speak to you. I want you to hear me this morning. God loves you. Okay? God's not against you. He loves you. He loves you right where you are. In whatever situation or circumstance that you're in, He loves you. And if you'll listen to Him this morning, He's going to speak. In a manner of speaking, what Simeon says to Mary is the same thing that the Apostle Paul says in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2. And he says this, At the acceptable time, I listened to you. And on the day of salvation, I helped you. Behold, now is the acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. I mean, that's what, that's what the Spirit of God was saying through Simeon. When he began to talk about that, that this child is appointed for the fall and the rise of many in Israel. And he's going to be a sign that's going to be opposed. And there's going to be a sword that will pierce your heart to the end that, that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. What, is, what in the world is he saying? Now let me, let me put it in our vernacular a little bit. There comes a moment in every person's life where they are confronted with Jesus Christ. That's what he's saying. There will be a moment now from this day forward when that son, that baby you're holding your arm will be the centerpiece of everything. And every man and every woman will stand before him. He will stand in their path and he will say, what will you do with me? That's what Simeon's basically saying. Jesus stands in our path and he blocks everything we think we want, everything we think we are, and every place we think we want to go. And we have to make a choice. What are we going to do? That confrontation that Simeon's talking about here, that, that this child is appointed for the rise and the fall of many. And he's going to be a sign to be opposed to the end that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. You know what? He's going to confront people 
with the truth. And folks, he's confronting us this morning with the truth. He's confronting us and he's asking, what will you do with me? What will we do with Jesus? That's what Simeon's saying. Jesus forces us to make a choice. I don't know whether you, you think about it. We don't hear that very often because we think God gives us a choice. He does, but we make it. I can ignore it, but I've made a choice. I can choose against Jesus. I've made a choice. Or I can choose Jesus. And that's what Simeon was saying to Mary is that there are going to be people from this day forward that will have to make a choice. And that choice basically is God is Jesus who God says he is. I want you to think about that. Is Jesus who God says he is? Is what Jesus did, that that death on the cross, we talk about that, but folks, he died to, to give us life. He died on the cross in our place. He became our substitutionary, our substitute. He became the the substitution for us so that atonement could be made, so that we could be at one with God, so that the, the war that we were in with God, so that peace could come. Jesus did that. And so when I'm confronted with him, I have to make a choice. Is he that or is he something else? Is, is he a liar? Okay, it's what he says. Is that a lie? Is, he, is that just something that religious people cooked up? Well, maybe he's not a liar, but maybe he's just nuts. I mean, I've read commentators that thought he was nuts. He, he, was, a, he was a zealot that got himself killed. That's not what the scriptures teach. The scriptures teach that he's Lord. He's not a liar. He's not a lunatic. He's Lord. He's God in the flesh who came to die for us. And we're all confronted with us. And the choice that we make will either validate what we believe or it will validate what, or it, it will validate what we believe. And our belief will either cause us to collapse if you reject him or to be a part of the resurrection if you uh, believe in him. That's what Simeon says when he is appointed for the fall. The decline. That's what he means there. And for the rise. There will be some who will fall. They will decline. There will be others who will be raised up. Those who believe will be raised up. There will be a resurrection. See, Simeon tells Mary, Mary that that tiny baby in her arms would pay a great cost for what he would accomplish. Not only would he pay a great cost, but it wouldn't be cheap. It wouldn't be, it wouldn't be easy. He would be vulnerable to the hostility of, of those who refused to believe in him. And by their rejection, they were not rejecting her. They were not rejecting necessarily him, but they were rejecting God's plan for all of them. See, there was more than, than just rejecting Jesus. When you reject Jesus, you reject God. I've heard people say, well, you know what? I don't really believe in Jesus, but I believe in God. You can't believe in God if you don't believe in Jesus, okay? I'm just, that's just the way it is. He is God. And so Simeon, he, he dumps this out, and, and he, begins to, you know, he begins to prophesy. And in that prophecy, he says a lot. And this morning, we're faced with that same decision. Is Jesus, don't you listen to me, is Jesus who he claims to be? Does he really mean what he says? Think about what he says in John chapter 14, 6. 
I am the way. I am the way means there is no other way. Okay? He doesn't say I am a way. I am the way. Multiculturalism tells us there's all kinds of ways. That there's all kinds of gods. The Bible says that Jesus says, I am the way. There is no other way. Then it, it says, I am the truth. I'm not a truth. This is not something you can believe if you want to. This is the truth. There is no other truth. And he says, I am the life. That little article, the, is very, very important. He's not saying, I am the way, I am a way, a truth, a life. He's saying, I am the way, the truth, the life. I am the only way. I am the only truth. I am the only life. Then he says this, no one comes to the Father except through me. Now that's pretty limited, okay? That's pretty limited. Jesus said, I'm it. I'm standing in your path this morning. Choose. Because there is no other way. That's like hanging off the edge of a cliff and crying out for help. You ever heard that story? And the guy says, well, grab the bush. I can't reach it. Well, let go. Is there anybody else out there? Yeah, that's, that's the kind of the way we do with Jesus. Jesus says, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. And, it, it, and what Simeon is saying is there is that Jesus is standing in our path this morning and he is demanding a choice. And here's the question, will I, will I choose him? Will you choose him? Will you allow him to be your way, your truth, your life? Or will you procrastinate? Maybe tomorrow, preacher. Listen to me. Scripture says that today is the day of salvation. Today is, is the appointed time. Listen, I, I'm not into to, to guilt stuff and, and scaring people, but you know what? None of us are promised tomorrow. None of us. We're not promised the next minute. And for some of you this morning, God's prophetic word is speaking to you about the lack of relationship you have with Jesus Christ. And he's standing in your path today. You can hear him speaking to you. And if you're honest, you can see him in a form that you understand. And he's standing directly in front of you and he's asking you to make a choice. Listen to me. Choose today who you're going to serve. Choose. That's what Joshua said. Will you receive the gift of salvation that he's offering today? That's one of the prophetic words that God's speaking. The other one we saw earlier. Some of you in this room, you have a prophetic word that God's given you. And God's word to you today is, hang on to it. Just hold on to it. I haven't forgot it. Trust me. And just walk with me. Here's the thing though this morning. We have to decide which word we're hearing. And whether or not we're going to obey it. Okay? This morning, if, if you're here, and, and, and you know what? You haven't made a choice for Jesus. He loves you. He loves you. He died for you. He came as a baby born in a, in a manger for you. He just didn't come for the super elite and for the spiritual folks. He came for all the folks like us. Okay? 
Every one of us. And He died for us. And He loves you. And all He wants you to do is say, You know what, Lord? I choose you. You're the option. You're my only option. I want to ask you this morning to stand. Our, our worship team's going to come. And here's the invitation. Here's the, here's the ministry time. Just choose. Just choose this morning. Let's pray. For more information on Eagles Wing Church, visit our website at www.eagleswingchurch.org or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Eagles Wing Church. Thanks for listening and have a blessed week.